I know it's three days late, but uh, you can say it's uh, 363 days early for next summer, next, next, next Christmas. Anyways, uh, I trust that you've had a great Christmas. Uh, Christmas is one of those times a year that uh, family get together and generally disagreements are put aside to uh, enjoy a festive season. And uh, I trust that uh, that has been the case for you. Not that you have family disagreements or anything like that, but uh, that it's been very festive. But it's also been Christ-honoring. It's been one of those times when um, even the world, even though they're saying, you know, you can't say Merry Christmas, it's supposed to be Happy Holidays and all of those things, still the world recognizes it as a special time. And uh, we know why, because of the birth of our Savior. This morning, I, I, when I was asked to speak here uh, between Christmas and New Year's, it's sort of, what do you say? Uh, you've probably had, you know, leading up to Christmas, you've already done the Christmas story, I don't know how many different ways. Uh, it's not New Year's yet, so you can't do your New Year's resolution message, because it's not the first Sunday. So what do you do? And uh, I... I thought, well, because it is Christmas, let's remember the Christmas story one more time. But let's look at it in a way uh, that uh, maybe might be different. For instance, the voices of Christmas. There's so many voices out there today, isn't there? Radio ads, TV ads, Amazon, (laughs) Internet all those voices that are out there challenging us to buy this, get this. Um, to, do, to get something that we don't necessarily need or want, but we might as well pick it up anyways because it's on sale. And all these voices, we have family members who are, you know, hinting of, what it is that they want. Uh, We have friends and neighbors that uh, want us over for uh, a meal or or festivities. And the voices just become overbearing that we sometimes miss the, the real voices of Christmas. For instance, the voices of the Old Testament prophets like Micah and Isaiah, who announced many years before Christ's birth that there would be this this time in history that Jesus would be born. The voice of Caesar Augustus, who, in his... uh, the way he announced the decree that everybody should go back to their hometown for a census sort of put history in motion because Joseph responded to that voice, had to. There is the voices of the people that aren't mentioned in Scripture and yet they were there, like the crowds of Beth in Bethlehem, the innkeeper. Very little was said of him other than a voice that says, we don't have any room. There was the voice of King Herod, who uh, 
as we even saw in the children's video here, who wanted to annihilate all the little boys because he wanted to worship as well, but uh, we know that it was out of jealousy. And after Christ's birth, there was the voice of Simeon and Anna uh, as, as he was dedicated after the eight days, and he was, he was dedicated to the Lord, and they saw the Messiah, and they could then uh, die in peace, knowing that they had fulfilled their part of the story. Those are voices of Christmas, but the ones that we know really familiar are the ones we want to look at this morning in a, in a very different way. You've read the, and thank you for reading uh, Luke chapter 2, uh, the, the Christmas story. We want to look at the, the voice of the angels, the voice of the shepherds, the voice of the wise man. And we're going to conclude by listening to the voice of the baby. Because that baby grew up and had lots to say. Uh, and that's part of the Christmas story that sometimes I think we forget. Uh, the Christmas story is nice. It's about a baby in a manger. But that baby is the reason why we're here this morning. Why we come to church every Sunday. Why we live our lives. Why we are alive. So the voice of the angels... And there's a variety of angels in the story of Christmas. There's Gabriel, who came to uh, both Elizabeth and to, and to Mary, announcing that they are both going to have children. And uh, the angel that came to Joseph, who said to him to take Mary, don't be embarrassed that she is with child. Uh, it is of God. But then there are the voices of the angels that came to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. And we know the story. The shepherds are out there in the field doing their regular routine, looking after sheep. A great profession. Uh, not in that day. It was the lowliest of low. And they were looking after sheep when all of a sudden the angels' announcement. And what did they announce? They announced Christ the Lord. They announced the fact that the predicted Messiah, the God-appointed, God-anointed one, who would fulfill all the promises of old, was born tonight. What an announcement. What a voice. They also announced that this person would be a savior, he would be the one, the anointing lamb, the sacrifice for sin that the whole world could have access to heaven. Imagine being on the, on the, on the shepherds and hearing this. After 400 years of silence, nothing from God, and then all of a sudden, angels, not prophets, angels pronouncing that it would be Christ the Lord, he would be a savior, and that he came. He's going to be, he's actually in Bethlehem, in a manger. It said that unto you a savior, um, 
Today in the town of David, Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And then there will be a sign. The sign was that you will find a baby. Just as the video here of the children said, we didn't expect him to be a baby. The Messiah was not uh, expected, I guess, to be a baby. And yet the angels announced that. What What was their reaction to the voice of the angels. Um, or, or the angels, the act, our action, our reaction should be fear not and great joy. Our hearts needs to find peace and joy in believing the message of the angels. But when the angels disappeared, the the shepherds started to talk to one another, didn't they? Uh, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing, this, this announcement that the angels have told us. And so the voice of the shepherds ring out in the Christmas story. And we notice four things here. First, we notice their resolve. Let us go. The right time to go was now. We can't wait. Uh, Let's do it now. The right place to go was to Bethlehem. Well, let's not go to Jerusalem. Let's not go to some other city. Let's go to where the angels told us, and that was the Bethlehem. What was the right purpose? The right purpose was to see this thing and the right spirit. They obeyed. They went. The reward was that they came and they found. It wasn't something that uh, they went and they couldn't find it. The, the, the directions, the, the announcement of the angels was so clear and precise, they could go directly to and find So they were the first people outside of Mary and Joseph to see the incarnate Christ. What a privilege. What an honor. What a reward for obedience. And then it says that they reported, uh, verse 17 and 18. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So their voice wasn't so much just amongst themselves. Their voice was, we've seen this thing. We've got to share it. And as they were leaving, as they were leaving Bethlehem, going back to their position, their, their shepherd, shepherding, They spread the word. They made no one abroad, King James Version says. Uh, Imagine the excitement of and and the awe of seeing a little baby that an angel, the angels, the host of angels had announced and seeing that it had come true. They just couldn't contain it. 
So they spread the word. They spread the fact that what they had seen was true. And it says they returned rejoicing and glorifying God. When was the last time that you actually looked at the baby Jesus in the manger and just rejoiced in what God had done for you? That the God of creation, the God who uh, designed this whole universe with just a thought, spoke it into existence, sent his one and only son as a little baby. We've all held them. We all know what they feel like, and there's not a whole lot to a little baby. You know, they're just small. And yet, this is God in human form placed in a manger. When was the last time the Christmas story, at this point, when you look at that baby in the manger, you're rejoicing and you're glorifying God for what he has done? The wise or, or the shepherds did that. Does it not seem surprising that these shepherds returned to their daily work? Don't you think they would have wanted to stay in Bethlehem and just hover around that that manger? But here we find a lesson for us as well. Most of us have to return to daily routines. The secular work field, uh, whether it's farming, whether it's teaching, whether it's, well, you name it. How do you return after Christmas? Different? Changed? Because you've, you've been a, uh, renewed and refreshed again in the, in the true spirit of Christmas, that God loved us so much that he sent his son, John 3.16. It's a Christmas story. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. That's Christmas. Does that change you? Does that make you go back into your field of, uh, your, of work changed? Go back glorifying and praising God so that when people see you, you spread the word, just like the shepherds did. See, the voice of the shepherds isn't just a voice amongst themselves. It's a voice that speaks to us that we need to do that as well. There's another group of individuals later on in the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 2, the wise men, and the voice of the, the wise men What do we learn from them? In Matthew chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 11, uh, I'm not going to take the time to read it uh, because we know the Christmas story, but these magi, they had seen this star. They had had witnessed uh, the... And they had known the scriptures. They They had followed certain things, and they were looking for the same as anybody else, uh, the Messiah. And they saw the star, and they started out on this journey. We realize that it had been some time had passed 
because they, uh, as they, it says that they arrived in Bethlehem, they, they found the house. It's not a stable anymore. It's a house where Mary and Joseph were staying. We really don't know the names of the Magi here in Scripture. Um, history or, and tradition have come up with some names, and uh, you often hear them, but uh, the Bible doesn't mention names. So we don't know for sure how many there were. Um, there could have been more than three. Uh, three is usually what they figure because one for each gift, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, but we don't know. For sure, we don't know exactly what country they came from, just some country from the east. So we have very little to know about these magi these wise men. We do know, though, that they asked about him. They asked about this Christ child, this child. They come to Jerusalem. They see King Herod. And uh, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Um, Is what they asked King Herod. And uh, so they came seeking Jesus. These men had been seeking the answer to the mysterious star for some time. They had traveled many miles, and then they asked. Who did they ask? Well, they asked an earthly king. Probably not the, necessarily the wrong place to go, because If you want to know what's going on in a particular area, you'd go to the mayor or you go to a president or something in a company. You'd want to get up as high as possible. So they had an audience with the very king. But we know that uh, that's not the place where the answer was going to be found. It was here that they asked the all-important question. Can you imagine King Herod sitting there, uh, enjoying his rule, and then being asked by strangers, where is the king of the Jews? I wonder if he was thinking, well, I thought I was the king of the Jews. which could have been really why led him to be that tyrant that he became. But why did they ask? What was the reason they were asking? The reason was they came to worship him. They wanted to worship this one. They knew that the child was worthy of worship. Well, we know the story. Uh, They found out where the baby was. They come to Bethlehem. And we find that when they come, they bow down and they worship. They literally fall on their face before a baby. Not just any baby, but this Christ child. When everyone comes face to face with Christ, 
the only response, the proper response, is to reverence him and to bow and worship. So this Christmas, when you've read the Christmas story, when you've heard it how many times, and again this morning, uh, do you worship? Do you bow your knee figuratively, but maybe even physically? Bow your knee and worship this Christ child. He's worthy. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. What have you given to Christ this Christmas? What have you presented to Christ? A couple days ago, Jenny was showing me on... on, um, on video or on internet, uh, a, a song that came out. I wonder what God wants for Christmas. You ever thought of that? I wonder what God wants for Christmas. Interesting, isn't it? What he wants, he wants us to bow the knee. He wants our worship. He wants our heart. The treasures that we leave under the tree for our kids and our friends and family, uh, they're nice tokens. But the treasure of a heart given over to the Lord, that's what God is seeking. So I wonder what God was asking of you this Christmas. The wise men responded by opening their treasures and presenting him with gifts. All they had brought, they had gave to the Christ child. They gave everything. Everything that they brought was for him. They left empty-cameled, empty as it were, okay? Their camels were empty. They, they just left it all. And that's the act of worship, of giving to him. That is what lordship is all about. We say we are Christians, but is he Lord? We say that we love Christ, but is he Lord? He is if we give him all, our all. These men entered the Christmas story wondering, didn't they? They went to Herod, they wondered about the star, but they left worshiping. That's how, that's how the Magi leave. They left worshiping. That's how the shepherds left when they face to face with the Christ child. The last voice we want to look at this morning is the voice of the child. We look at the, we look at, uh, the voice of the child not as a newborn infant, but as the one and only Son of God. He is a voice that is still speaking today. This is a voice that rings out uh, every day. All the other voices of Christmas have been silenced. Shepherds no longer live. The wise men died many, many years ago. King Herod's gone. And all the Christmas story, they're all gone. But the Christ child lives on. Thanks to Easter. 
Christmas and Easter are so connected. Yet this and this voice of the child speaks until the end of time. And so what I want to do right now is I'm just going to read to you some of the things that this Christ child has said from the Gospels. And you just listen as the Christ child speaks this morning. What he says is of eternal importance. We will listen as he speaks. I'm not going to read the reference. I'll just read the verses. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Let the little children come. Do not hinder them. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? I must be about my father's business. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I give them eternal life. He who believes in me will live. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. I am going to prepare a place for you. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He said, It is finished. Then in Revelation, he comes back on the scene and he says this, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And right at the very end of Revelation, he says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Yes, he's no longer the babe in Bethlehem. He's no longer the boy of Nazareth. He is no longer the young prophet of Galilee. He is no longer on the cross. 
and he's no longer in the grave, praise the Lord. He is the living and the ever-contemporary Savior whose voice is calling out to you and I. He's calling out to Killarney, to Manitoba, to the world. He's calling out to us amidst the noise of the Christmas spirit, of the Christmas season, just to stop. Stop a while and listen once again to what the angels actually announced. That today, in the city of David, a Savior is born. He's calling us to once again to respond in obedience like the shepherds and go and see the thing and experience Christmas. And he's once again calling us to follow the example of the wise men, to fall on our knees and worship him. And the bottom line question is, Am I listening to his voice? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the Christmas story. It is so full of um, childlike faith and yet life-changing in its entirety. Father, I pray this morning that the voices of Christmas aren't the voices that the world are, is throwing at us. It's not the voices of, um, of want this and I need that. But Father, it's the voice of the Christ child, the babe in the manger, calling out to us to follow him, to recognize that he is alive, he's living, and he wants us to live a life that is full and meaningful. So, Father, help us, even though Christmas is fast disappearing this season, help us never to forget that your voice, through your Son, as he walked on earth here, is still calling out to us to come, follow him. And Father, may we have ears to hear that voice this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.